Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, I'm Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. This is our fifth episode of the show, and if you've been listening, you know that we're a weekly show that offers up interviews with your favorite pastors and celebrities, some insight and inspiration, and a preview of what's to come in faith and family-friendly entertainment. So there's a whole lot going on on our podcast here, but today we're going to switch things up a little bit, and we're going to actually open with a really fascinating interview. We're going to be having Trudy Kathy White on the show. If you don't know her. She is the daughter of Chick-fil-A founder S. Truett Cathy, and I've been dying to talk to somebody in the family because, listen, we all love Chick-fil-A, right? So um, finding out the more about the brand and the story behind it and the values that um, the that the Cathy family has, that's, that's what we're going to be doing today. So without any further ado, welcome to the show. Hey, Trudy, how's it going today? Going great. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much for for coming on the Pure Flix podcast today. So I wanted to um, ask you, I've, I've got to start obviously with the new book, Climb Every Mountain, Finding God Faithful in the Journey of Life. You are the daughter, for those don't who don't know, and I think most people do, of S. Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to just launch with a big question, and I always wonder this when I talk to people who have been involved in really successful enterprises. And, you know, if you're listening, I'm sure you love Chick-fil-A, but you may also realize it's the most popular, every single year, the most popular fast food chain um, in the country. And there's a reason for that. So the question I'm going to start with is, what is the biggest lesson you learned from your dad along the way, just as the company was growing? Yeah, well, I've had the joy of, of growing up in this family business and watching my dad work really, really hard through the years. Interesting thing that a lot of people don't realize, my dad opened his first restaurant in 1946, but it was 20-plus years before he actually invented Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A didn't come on the scene until 1964. So uh, that period of, of life, um, my brothers, I have two brothers, we, we got to watch my mom and dad walked through a lot of challenges, even in their own lives. Um, they had had difficulties. My mom was raised by a single mom. My dad had speech impediment as a little boy. And when he opened his restaurant, uh, some years later, his second restaurant burnt to the ground. We were around during that time. Oh, wow. I uh, saw that fire happen and uh, how devastating that was to my dad to lose his second restaurant. The interesting thing about it, it put him back in his first restaurant. And had he not done that, he may, maybe would have never invented uh, Chick-fil-A, so it's kind of interesting story in and of itself, how God even takes, you know, very difficult things and uses them for our good and uh, for his glory. But I think what I, 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 so many things that I learned from my mom and dad, you know, one is they taught us that the important things in life can't be bought with dollars and cents. Uh, the true things that people are looking for, like joy and peace and uh, and hope, uh, can only be found through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that was wonderful that our parents uh, took us to that truth as we were we were growing up. They also taught us that um, everything belongs to God and that we are merely to be able to be good stewards of managing what God has entrusted to us. And I'm thankful for parents that um, taught us that, very foundational to, to our 
upbringing. Even today, we take it very seriously. Uh, whatever we have, we realize it's come from the hands of the Lord, and we are just merely to steward it really well um, for, for His glory. So our corporate purpose kind of sums up a lot about our family and a lot about, of course, all about what we are at Chick-fil-A, uh, and that is that we're here to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that He's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Well, and it's interesting. One of the questions I was going to ask you is just, you know, how you hold on to faith and humility. And from everything I've seen and read, all the interviews with you and your family members, there really is a lot of humility. And we know that there's genuine faith there. Um, and, and how do you hold on to that in the face of wealth and power and the things that come along with that? And it sounds like these are lessons your parents were teaching you guys along the way to equip you to, to sort of deal with that sort of thing. Not many people deal with the level of attention um, that your family has had. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That is something that has been instilled in us and since the time we were quite young, but we have each had to make a decision about our own life, who was going to control our, our lives. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and wanting to honor Him, and it, it is wonderful to know you've been blessed in the way our family is blessed, but we feel like blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. And so we are merely a channel of, of God's love to other people, uh, a demonstration of his faithfulness and his blessings. So uh, we just want to be an extension of, of his love to others. And uh, that's really the way we manage the things that God has given us. Well, and I and I love the book title, Climb Every Mountain, because I think so many of us face so many mountains in our lives, and the people face a different number of them, and everybody's journey is different, but you know, when you're a Christian and you rely on God to get through those things, um, that's where the power comes from to, to overcome the things that come into our path. But I know one thing that a lot of people struggle with, and I think a lot of Christians struggle with this today because culture is changing and, it's, and you know, the tides have changed and times are sometimes difficult. It's hard to speak out about different things. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to go into the, <laughs> the debates that have happened over different issues, but but one thing I know that's been very frustrating for people and very difficult um, is when there's a perception that's you know negative that isn't accurate. And when you're in the public eye, I know that's a very difficult thing. How do you, how do you deal with that, even as a family or maybe even individual, if you don't want to speak to that? Just having people think things that aren't true, and you know, as a Christian, how do you how do you cope with that? Well, I, I think a big part of that is trying to be guarded to know exactly who you are um, and it, regardless of what other people think or what they might might say and and I speak to this in my book in fact it's the very first chapter it's it's all about identity and trying to um, understand you know who I am a, as a person and it's very interesting that a lot of places where I go a lot of parents will bring their children up to introduce themselves to me and they'll say Oh, says so this is Trudy, and then the next thing out of the parents' mouth, they'll say, "You know, do you know who she is?" And I'm thinking in my mind that I know what they're going to say, but that's not really who I am. Of course, they'll go on to say, "Oh, she's the daughter of Kathy, the founder of Chick Fil A," and that's true. Um, there, there are a lot of things I could do, things I could say about who I am in terms of being a mother or grandmother or um, entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and so forth and so on. But, but when you boil that all down, uh, actually the most important thing is what mom used to say to us when we'd walk out the back door. She'd always say, remember who you are and whose you are. And this part of whose you are is so critical. So when I think of myself and my own identity, you know, I, my focus is the fact that I am 
um, made in the image of God. God created me, and um, but for God, I wouldn't be here anyway. And so, you know, whatever other people might say, I just have to keep my perspective on the fact that who God is and what He says about who I am, and stay focused on that. That helps an awful lot. I, I think that's so important. I think identity is is the key. And I actually wrote that down what your mom said to you guys because I have two little kids, and I'm always trying to, you know, every day I we do this thing called life questions more with my six year old because my three year old's still a little too young. But you know, we talk right. through, you know, what do you want to know about life? And we we talk about God, and we talk about just random questions. She asked me today, how do, you know, how do houses have roofs? Who makes the roof? And how do you get up there and do it? And so, you know, we go through all these different things, but I love that line, you know, remember who you are and whose you are, because that is really the, the focal point. If we could focus on that, it changes, I think, everything for our lives. Yeah, because, you know, that, that's really what gives us value. You know, when we think of when we think of things in life, we think about, you know, who who owns this? And sometimes that's what makes it so valuable, depending on who who owns it and, you know, and then, you know, how much do you pay for it kind of thing. And so when you look at that in your own life, you think about um, my own value, who owns me is is God, the creator. He He is the one who made me. And so that makes me extremely valuable to know the very same God who created the mountains is the same God who created me. Uh, and the fact that he paid a, a big price, in fact, to send his son Jesus Christ down the cross for me, um, boy, that, that really makes me valuable. So that, that's very helpful to keep that in perspective. What has it been like um, just watching Chick-fil-A every year get more and more popular <laughs> every year? Be I mean, it's funny. I live in New York City, and so you, got, you guys have obviously expanded into New York City now, and the lines yep. were insane. I mean, the lines were just like out the door, and they still are at lunchtime. What 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 has that been like to see this vision that your dad had and to watch his hard work and to see what this monumental company is now? Well, we 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 love it that people are are eating chicken. Of course, the cows help promote that a lot, just to challenge everybody to keep eating more chicken. And <laughs> we we certainly appreciate that, and we we feel honestly tremendously blessed, and at the same time, tremendously uh, a tremendous sense of responsibility. To, uh, to to manage this as as the company grows and as customers uh, get more and more demand on our service being quick and friendly and and all that kind of kind of good stuff we just really want to we want to honor God through through, through our lives we we feel like that when we do our very best uh, it's very honoring to the Lord so like we're maximizing everything He's given us so I think our customers have come to expect excellence in our in our restaurants, wherever they eat, across the across the country, and we uh, are so grateful for our operators who does, do such a great job out there on the front lines uh, to make sure that they're committed to their team members. We love to invest in people. In fact, uh, my dad often mentioned, you know, we're really not in the chicken business, we're in the people business, <laughs> and so we enjoy the fact that we are able to invest in people. It's one of the reasons I was kind of inspired uh, to write this book because, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or who you're related to, or, or what you have, we all have challenges in life that we have to face, including myself and our whole family. And so shortly after my mom and dad passed away, I, I knew that I wanted to write this book, and I knew I wanted to base it around this theme of, of, of mountain and to help under, the people understand that, hey, life is hard, and there are going to be some challenges, uh, but the beauty about it is that God will walk this journey with us, and we kind of sense that in our business as well. We see the hand of God uh, blessing us, and we just want to miss—we don't want to miss it up. 
Yeah, well, you guys have done a very good job of, I think, inspiring a lot of people and setting a very high bar. You, know, you say you're in the people business, and I think that's evident um, with, with how you've served people very well. And let, let me ask you this about the book, and it's kind of an on-the-spot question, so I don't know if you can answer it, and maybe there isn't an answer, but what, what was the hardest part, if any, of the book for you to write personally? No doubt the hardest part was uh, when I spoke to loss. Uh, loss is something everybody has to deal with, um, and it was particularly difficult for me because I was speaking to the loss of my own parents, uh, having lost my dad in 2014, 10 months later my mom in 2015. Uh, so that was a, a big challenge for our family. It was a walk of fate to, to lose people who were so um, profound in our own lives and, it's in, uh, you know, inspirational to us but when you think of loss everybody has to deal with loss you know, when, when you're a little child you know you may lose your blanket or uh, you may lose a game when you're in middle school you may lose one of your best friends in school because they move away and when as you get older those losses seem a lot more si significant of course and uh, oftentimes we do think of the loss of death and so I speak in the book about um, just going through grief and what that's like we all have to deal with grief at different uh, stages of life, and I have certainly had to do that and, and kind of describe the process. So that was probably the, the the hardest one because that's the one that's most fresh to me, just a few years out from losing both parents. Sure, no, that absolutely makes sense. And what you you spoke a little bit about this, but what's the big takeaway for Climb Every Mountain? What's the one thing you you want every reader to leave thinking or feeling? Oh, I I, I really want them to leave encouraged and, and encouraged in this way that no matter what mountain you face in life or how steep the climb is for your life that you recognize the fact that you will always find God faithful in that journey uh, that that's really the essence of why I, I wrote the book to help people understand life is going to be hard I think God is about trying to he, he's not trying to make our life comfortable but he is trying to um, deepen our, our character and sometimes I, in my life, God gets my attention a whole lot more when I'm going through difficulties and does when things are just <laughs> smooth and, and going just fine. Oh, yeah. those difficult moments and those hard climbs that uh, we lean in to the Lord a little bit more and recognize how much we really need Him. And so I want people to, to realize the fact that, look, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to live this life alone. Uh, you have a God who loves you and created and just as, as mighty and strong and unchanging as mountains are that we see around us. That's how faithful he'll be in our journey of life as well. So my last question, because we're rounding out to the end here, um, I know proceeds for the book are going to the Impact 360 Institute. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, your organization? Yes, this is uh, um, the institute that John and I started several year, many years ago, over 10 years ago, and it really is focused on helping young people right out of high school before they head to college. We recognize the fact that a lot of young people, even if they're raised in a Christian home or environment, uh, when they head off to college, they walk away from their, their faith. The statistics are, are just unbelievable when you look at uh, what happens there. And so we wanted to see if there was a way we can invest in the lives of young people uh, to come, and they study at our institute for, for nine months. We have a fellows program that we offer, um, and the students look at biblical worldview. They understand that we, we really base the curriculum on three pillars, know, be, and live. And I've ended each of my chapter uh, on those challenges as well, that we like know God uh, deeper in our life. 
that these young people might be transformed in their own character. Uh, As you walk this journey of life with the Lord, you understand how he begins to work in your life. And the third, they might live a spirit-empowered life to be able to have a positive influence out in uh, in society and even through their college years. So it's a this book will contribute to a student grant that will help these young people to be able to to come and study with us for uh, over the course of a year. Well, that's that's incredible, and I really appreciate you taking the time today to come on the show. We'll make sure we link out to the book so people can grab copies of it. Thanks again. Oh, my pleasure. So that interview was a lot of fun. Again, it's always fun and inspiring to kind of get a chance to speak with people behind the brand. Who are they? Who is the family? And you see so many headlines and you read so much and you see every year that you know Chick-fil-A is the most popular restaurant chain, fast food chain in the country. Well, okay, but what goes on behind that and who are the people there? So it's a lot of fun to get a chance to see that and learn a little bit more about it. And also some pretty incredible lessons, I think, um, from the family just about life and living and the way you kind of should do things in business. So we're going to move on, though, and, and go into our next segment here. And this is our, our segment we usually start the show with, but I wanted to change things up a little bit today and dive into a little inspiration. I'm not sure how many of you have been over to our Pure Flix Insider blog, but if you have, you know it's filled with daily content that can inspire and uplift you. If you haven't been there, I would highly recommend it. It's over at insider.pureflix.com. And one of the stories we have up there are 20 Bible verses about God's love, and obviously February has been the Valentine's Day month, right? It's like the month of love. Um, And so we focused a lot on the blog this month in just talking about different ways that the Bible talks about love. And obviously the most important form of love comes from God. And so I'm not going to read you all 20 verses, but I wanted to pick out three that I think are really important as we just think through the week and we reflect and um, and, and we think about the way that, that God cares for us, right? So the first verse is John 15, 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And it's interesting because Jesus is really commanding Christians here to love one another in the same way that God has loved humanity. And anybody who knows anything about the gospel uh, knows that Jesus died right on the cross for the sins of humanity. That is an incredibly, that's the most intense love that I can imagine and the most incredible act that I can imagine. So that kind of brings us into the second verse, which is John 15, 13. The verse reads, greater love has no man than hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so again, we think about what Jesus has done. We think about love and the importance just in general of sacrificing for others, right? Not not laying down your life all the time, but but doing things for others. And we think about what Jesus has done for us and for the sake of humanity. And it really is the most touching and powerful example of selflessness. I think, you know, a lot of times it's easy to think about ourselves um, and not others, but we know that we're called to think more um, about others than we do about ourselves. And that, that could be a tough thing. So the last verse I want to read, John 3.16, and most of us know this verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're listening to this and you want to know more, go over to our blog, insider.pureflix.com. You can read more verses about God's love. But that one, that is the core of the New Testament, John 3.16. So there's a lot to think about there. Head on over again to insider.pureflix.com for more. 
We'll be right back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family-friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free one-month trial. From kids' content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. And we're back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. Welcome back. So we're going to close out the show today with another interview, actually. And this is somebody who I actually met last year, and he's a really interesting guy. His name is Daniel Knutson. He's an actor and a filmmaker, and he also has a new series coming to pureflix.com on March 1st. The series is called King's Messengers, and it's kind of like this this really interesting end times-like show. Um, and so I'm not going to give too much away, but I want to welcome Daniel to the show right now. Hey, Daniel, how's it going today? Hey, Billy, it is going well. So we are here to talk about your TV series, King's Messengers. It's coming to pureflix.com very soon. Without spoiling too much of the series, what can you tell us about it? Well, it's a fun survival story that uh, we created that we wanted to do something a little bit more geared towards the younger generation, and uh, we hope that people enjoy it. So you have you play the character... David Sutherland. I love that name. So tell me about tell me about David Sutherland. Yeah, so David is an ambassador's son. So Zenora is the world that the series takes place in and it's a fictional country and uh David is the ambassador's son from Great Britain and so he is uh left after a kind of civil war has broken out in this country and he's trying trying to survive and make it out oh wow okay so that sounds see i love this kind of stuff right this is the kind this is the kind of series that i like to watch because i love anything that is either sort of end times ish or feels like there's some struggle that people have to overcome get through right uh and so you've i think you've tapped right into that what was the inspiration impetus for for king's messengers well, believe it or not, it actually took place at, or the idea came at the uh, National Religious Broadcasters Conference a few years ago. I was there in uh, Nashville, Tennessee at the NRB convention, and I was talking to uh, a church media guy, and he was talking about kind of creating content uh, that we could use kind of to engage youth groups and to engage, you know, the younger generation. And it was literally during that conversation, uh, I had the idea we could make a series uh, that could do that. And hopefully uh, it does that. And uh, that is now uh, what the King's Messengers is. So like, and and obviously when you come up with an idea like this, because the way you just described it, it sounded like, oh, we just came up with this idea and we did it. And I know, and obviously you know this because you've done it, that that is, it's such a hard process. Like what goes in to getting a series made from the start, that sort of inspiration that you had to the to the completed product, like how, what is? And I know this is a loaded question, but I just I'm dying to know kind of like what how you do that, what goes into it. So making a film or a TV series, any project that actually is completed and makes it into some kind of commercial distribution format is nearly a miracle. It's just it's tough <laughs> to get it's tough to get a project all the way to the end, especially with a film project because. 
as you know, there's a lot of money that it takes to make it happen, a lot of time, a lot of people. So with the King's Messengers, uh, I had the idea. I came back uh, from the NRB convention. I did talk to some investors. We were able to raise some money to get it going. And uh, we created four episodes just to kind of as sort of proof of concept. And we were testing them out with churches. And uh, it seemed the, the, the concept seemed to work. So then we created four more uh, just to have a, a mini series of eight episodes. And it did take about three years to do, but we got a, an eight episode miniseries off the ground and uh, we're looking forward to uh, having a premiere here on pureflix.com. So tell me a little bit about your background. Like how did you, at what point did you decide I want to be in entertainment? I want to create film and TV. Just, I, I'm curious about your background. Yeah. So no one in my family is from, in the entertainment industry or even uh, very few really kind of creative uh, types. My mom was an accountant and my dad is an engineer. So, uh, <laughs> so you either... chose a different career path. Yeah, so it's, it was a very different career path, but they could not have been any more supportive of this. So it's, it's a miracle, really. But uh, I, my dad actually, so his, his background was engineering, but he's a, uh, he's, he's a uh, airline pilot. And he was, he came home uh, from work one day when I was a kid and he was telling me about one of his coworkers who did the payroll on some kind of, I think it may have been a Warner Brothers movie that was being shot in Europe. And my dad was just telling me this story and he was like, yeah, uh, his coworker was on set and nobody liked anybody and it was, it was awful, but everybody liked the payroll person because they, they handed out the, the checks and paid everybody. And this is the weirdest thing, but this is honestly true. I heard that story and I was like, I want to be one of those people that works in the entertainment industry and makes movies. That sounds like exactly what I want to do. And that was just the spark. That was the <laughs> that moment. Was the spark. It's so crazy and weird, and it's not even a happy story. But uh, I heard that, and I was like, uh, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> so so I guess be, be careful of any – Billy, as you raise kids, be careful of any weird stories you tell them of, about your coworkers. <laughs> you never know what might spark the uh, – uh creative juices. But, you know, I was actually always just very interested with creating things. I was always making stuff, you know, doing puppet shows, doing like all as a kid, you know, doing plays for mom and dad, just always trying to do some, some kind of creative demonstration of something. So I guess for me, it was kind of, I think something that was always there into some degree, just God given. And, you know, but I, I heard that as a kid, uh, and that was actually one of the things that would spark my interest. And then when I was 17 years old, I'm 30 now, but uh, when I was 17 years old, 13 years ago, I had my chance to intern on my first set, and I was able to intern uh, on a movie that uh, was being done by uh, one of the producers of uh, I Can Only Imagine. So uh, I interned uh, with uh, Joshua Walsh, who's now he produced I Can Only Imagine, and I think October Baby, and Woodlawn, and some of the other uh big uh, faith-based titles that are going to theaters. And I think PureFlix is also involved with some of those projects. But uh, I was able to intern. Uh, that's uh, my like last couple years of high school. They, these films were being shot in Orlando, Florida at the time, two other faith-based films. And I was I was down there uh, when the summer I was, I think, 17 and 18. And from then on, I've just continued to be involved with uh, films and film projects uh, ever since. 
Well, that's pretty incredible. Now, as far as King's Messengers, what are you hoping people take away from this series when they get a chance to watch it? Well, I think the basic concept is faith through trials. Uh, You know, the project is set in a fictional environment, but the truth is all of us are facing trials in our lives, and we're looking to connect with God. And how do we do that in kind of a modern context and realize that even though trials are there, there still is hope. And so I guess the basic takeaway is hope. One of the things that, you know, we kind of venture into with the uh, series is, you know, there's a lot of promises in scripture. And uh, one of the promises that Jesus gives us is that in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So the fact is, uh, trials and tribulations are actually a promise of God. It's not a promise of God. We tend to claim, (laughs) but it's, it actually, you know, it, it does happen and it will happen. But, uh, the second part of that be of good cheer, you know, Jesus has overcome the world. So we still have immense reason for hope because, the God who makes all things new is alive and well and still fulfilling uh, each one of his promises to us. And so there's there's many reasons to hope. Well, listen, I really appreciate you coming on this show today. Any final, is there anything else you want us to know about the series that maybe we haven't talked about? Uh, well, just uh, watch it on pureflix.com and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Well, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you, Billy. So again, check out King's Messengers on March 1st on pureflix.com. You know, listen, we're at the end of the show now. It's been a good one. Had a good time. Two interviews on the show today. Lots to talk about. A little bit of inspiration for you. Make sure you head over to the blog, insider.pureflix.com. Read our daily content and check back next week for another great episode of the Pure Flix podcast. Thanks for joining me. That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pure Flix on Facebook at facebook.com slash pureflix and on Twitter at pureflix. And be sure to log on today to pureflix.com for your free month of access to thousands of faith and family friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix podcast.